Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code here on Iconic.com. I'm here again for part two with Mika Dank. We had a fantastic podcast that I know you all really enjoyed and you wanted to see more of this. The amount of information here about the um, astrotheology within the Bible is fascinating. It's one of my favourite subjects. So Mika has been kind enough to give me another hour or so of his time to finish part two of this presentation. And hopefully we'll be able to do some more stuff with Iconic along along the way in the future but um so Mika I'm not going to speak too long because you're the expert here and I'm learning as we're going so guys if you haven't seen part one yet go back to last week's glitch in the code here on iconic.com um and if you're looking at this on YouTube you'll also find it in the uh, the videos as well and watch part one and this is part two so Mika over to you okay so what I'm going to do with you guys even though I'm not going to be doing much decoding this time I'm just going to be sharing information and I'm going to be showing you things like how astrology is being used against us um, in, in, in from the elites, from the high ups, from society, from everything. Let me just go over the 12 signs with you guys real quick. So you have the basic understanding of what I do. The first sign I talk about is Aquarius, which is represented by the man with the water picture. So technically Aries begins the year. <clears throat> but I start with Aquarius because that's kind of like our new year. So whenever you hear son of man, man, baptism, because this is how you baptize someone, because this is a sign of the man, whereas Virgo is a sign of the woman. Water pitcher, because this is a water pitcher, fountain, stream, river, pond, lake, ocean, sea. That's Aquarius. All water related things. Pisces is the mutable sign water too. So stream, lake, river, pond, sea, ocean, the same thing as well. Now, when you do decodings um, or the way that I decode, uh, because there's two water signs, you have to figure out which water sign they're using. And you can usually figure it out by making a pattern, uh, which I will show you. Aries is the ram. And in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day and a 12-hour night. It's also the Passover or the passing over of the sun over the equator and back on its way to its height in the summer solstice. In Christianity, the passing over is changed and it's called the resurrection of God's son. The Jewish Passover, which is the third Passover, you have the you have the uh, astrotheology Passover, which is the true meaning. Then you have the Christian Passover, which is the metaphor. And then you have the Jewish Passover, which is when the angel of death passes over. And anyone that doesn't have the ram's blood or the lamb's blood, Aries, the ram, the people of Aries, the Jews, Aries, the ram. That's why they blow the ram's horn during the holidays uh, on their doorposts. Their firstborn sons get killed. So whenever you hear ram, lamb, shepherd, or ram's horn, you're talking about Aries. Taurus is the bull. And when you look at the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. See, we have machines that do it now. We have uh, John Deere tractors that plow. But when this was written back in the day, they actually had to use the bull. So they'd look at the sky, they'd see the bull, and they would say, oh, okay, it's time to plant. That's how they did it. That's how they knew the cycle. So whenever you hear bull, ox, calf, or cow, cow being the female bull, they're talking about Taurus. Then Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. In Italian, the word Gemini, or Gemini, means twins. Okay? So whenever you hear twins or brothers, they're talking about Gemini. 
Cancer is the crab and it's the sideways moving creature. Shuffles back and forth like this. We don't walk side to side like this. Okay. The only time we do that, Richard, is when we're doing a sports drill. When we, when we do the shuffle back and forth, but the crab does. And the reason it's the crab is because the sun walks side to side that, day, that time period too. See what happens is on December 25th, the sun will rise a degree on its axis. Then the next day, an additional degree, and then additional degree. See the days get longer and the nights get shorter. When it hits the summer solstice on June 21st, that's the height. And then for three days after it stays at that height. So it doesn't go up, it doesn't go down. It just walks sideways, just like the crab. Then on June 25th, it drops a degree, then another degree, then another degree. Now the days get shorter and the nights get longer. And the crab in the ancient Egyptian times was known as the scarab, okay? So whenever you hear crab or beetle, I didn't mention this last time, but St. Augustine was known to call Jesus the good beetle. Okay, do you remember when I went through everything? I went through the signs and I said, he's the son of man. He's the fisherman of men, Pisces. He's the lamb of God or the good shepherd, Aries. He's uh, the good beetle, according to St. Augustine, that's cancer. He's the lion of Judah, that's Leo, the virgin with the stalk of wheat. He's the bread of life. He's born of a virgin, the just one, um, that's Libra. Then in Leo, Leo is the king. He's the lion, he's the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun, okay? So whenever they're talking about the kingdom of heaven on earth, it's a metaphor for the sun being in Leo because it's its rightful home. Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. So remember before that we said that you planted Taurus. Well, the reason it's a virgin holding a wheat stalk is because the virgins would go out in the wheat and cultivate it in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. So whenever you hear virgin, wheat, grain, seed, barley, corn, you're talking about Virgo. This is an ancient solar calendar. This is basically a farmer's almanac, Richard. We get too, we, we get spoiled because we have supermarkets, right? Where you don't realize that like you can get bread and you can get, for example, in uh, Libra, Libra is when you press the wine, you press the grapes into wine. So you can go to a liquor store and get wine. And then you can go to the supermarket and get bread and corn and all this stuff during the same time period. They didn't have that back in the day. Okay. That's not how it went. Now Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. And the reason it's the justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox and begins its descent into winter, into cold, into death. See, in Aries, it passes over the spring equinox and it's being heralded. It's being celebrated because it's on its way back height to its height in the summer solstice. But on the equinox, when it falls under the equinox, it's being mourned. It's being sentenced to death. Libra is also wine season. When you plant for the grapes in Taurus, you press the wine here. So whenever you hear law, judge, justice, the just one, divorce, marriage, court, wine, vineyard, wine press, you're talking about Libra. Libra is also olive oil season, okay? And you can just ask any Italian. You ever go to a vineyard during, um, what? you know, it's funny because the, like, girls, We'll, we'll have bachelorette parties at vineyards right when spring starts, which is which is idiotic, really. Because if you think about it, when you're walking up and down the vineyards, right, and you're taking pictures and you're drunk and you're doing whatever you are with your girls, um, there's nothing there. It's just bare. It's just sticks. But if you go in September, October during Libra, everything is plush. You can walk up and down. It's full. The pictures are nicer. You could pick the grapes and eat them directly from the vines. Um, it's also olive oil season. So you crash the olives in Libra in order to make the oil. Okay. Incidentally, frankincense and myrrh are also both olive plants. Okay. So olives uh, represent Libra. 
Okay. Now Scorpio is the scorpion and he is the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with the kiss. So the son is judged in Libra. It's betrayed in Scorpio. And then finally in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. This is where the sun dies. Why? Because on December 21st, the sun is at its lowest point. Remember, June 21st, the sun is at its highest point. Okay, it's celebrated. But this is at its lowest point. The sun doesn't crack the horizon when it rises in the morning. So the ancients looked at it and they said, oh, my God, our sun is dead. And then it walks sideways for three days like the crab. And then suddenly God's sun was dead for three days. And then it comes back to life December 25th. That's why, and I'm going to show you this, all the previous gods are born on December 25th. Okay? So whenever you hear horse, bow and arrow, spear, or horseman, you're talking about Sagittarius. Finally, you have Capricorn. He's the goat because he likes to climb the mountain. So look at the zodiac wheel on the right. You have Capricorn at the bottom. Imagine a sun walking a degree alongside the wheel, going to the left, going through all these signs on its way back to its height in Cancer in the summer solstice at the top. Okay. It starts the climb in Capricorn. It starts the climb up the great mountain. It's just a big metaphor. That's all it is. Okay. And just like the goat climbs the mountain. So that's why it became that. Okay. So we did all this. We did the book of Matthew. And you told me that everybody is a big fan so far, you know? So let's start with this. Astrology is a language. If you understand this language, the sky speaks to you, as you could see from my previous presentation. So what is the point of all this? We take for granted that we have calendars, clocks, watches, weathermen. The ancients didn't have any of that. They had sundials. In the Bible, they worked on dream interpretation for harvest. That's the whole story about Joseph and the dream code. They had to know things. They needed to know Taurus is when you put the plow on the bull and plant as above, so below. The Bible is an encoded farmer's almanac and was the knowledge of staying alive and the most important thing. They would look at the stars and see all of this movement and make stories about them and pass them down to children, then them to children, etc. Eventually, they learned how to write. So they wrote the stories down. And they evolved from Sumerian to Babylonian to Egyptian to Judaism, then to Christians in the New Testament. Okay, but at the end of the day, my point, once again, is not that these ancient people told literal stories and we're now smart enough to take them symbolically, but that they told them symbolically and we're now dumb enough to take them literally. That's John Dominic Croissant. Now, if we were to talk about Jesus, you're familiar that he uh, there's a lot of talk about he disappears at 12 and comes back at 30 and no one knows what he did between then. Right. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> this has been a subject of great debate, but the answer is actually quite simple. What happens to a young Jewish boy at the age of 12? He becomes bar mitzvah. He becomes a man. So Jesus becomes a man and leaves to study. He starts his ministry at 30. But why? The ancient Jewish religion has roots in Saturnalia worship, hence the Saturday, hence the ear rings, hence the wedding rings, because the rings of Saturn. You're supposed to listen to your God so you get your ears pierced because Saturn was your God. You wear wedding rings because you have to pledge your fidelity in front of your God. Okay. It's the Saturn day. That's the Jewish day of rest. So why 30? Saturn worshippers said that you were not allowed to become a teacher until Saturn came back to the point it was at when you were born. It just so happens that Saturn takes 30 years to come back. Refer back to Ezekiel at 30 seeing God. Ezekiel's inaugural vision. In my 30th year, 
in the fourth month on the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kebar River. The heavens were opened and I saw a vision of God. Okay. So when you hit 30, that's when major things happen in your life because Saturn comes back. Okay. Now the sun tells the hour of the day. The moon tells the day of the month. The zodiac tells the month of the year. This is what the ancients figured out is that in our neck of the woods in the Milky Way galaxy, where we're located in the middle of nowhere, we have a perfect celestial clock that works for us. It's a perfect clock. Okay. Now you have to understand is that the zodiac doesn't line up exactly with the months. Okay. Okay. But it, it's fixed. So it will always do that. They, in the Bible, it says they will not transgress their orders, which means they will not move out of line. Like you're never going to go from Aquarius to Aries. It's always going to be Aquarius, Pisces, Aries. Okay. Now to me, this is a fingerprint of creation. This is a fingerprint of God. Um, to me, a perfect calendar for us right here. There's no way that happens, happenstance to me, that doesn't. What I find is that uh, I find that a lot of people, Richard, who are atheists or Satanists, okay, they become that as a reaction to how Christians tell them God is and who God is. They're, they're rebelling against that. Yeah. It doesn't really hand up when you understand astrology and understand everything that this is a creation. Okay. Now believe you, whatever you want about God. So to me, God is infinite. How can something exist outside of infinity? It can't. The biggest lie we've been taught is that we are separate from God, that we should fear it, that we are separate from it. We are a part of it. Many of you have children that are literally half of your DNA. So they are a part of you, but you experience them subjectively outside of your body. So is God with us. A piece of God comes down what we call consciousness into a body and we feel separate from it. We are all God experiencing itself subjectively. Einstein said about God that he believes in the God of Spinoza. Baruch Spinoza was a thinker who said that God doesn't want you huddled in churches and temples in the cold, praying as loudly as you can with others, praying the loudest. Jesus actually says that those people that give for publicity or pray the loudest, they have their reward, meaning they're feeding their own ego. Okay. If you pray, pray by yourself. The book of Thomas says, split a piece of wood and I'm there. Turn over a stone and you will find me. Spinoza's God wants you to go to the mountains and the lake and enjoy what I am created for you and worship that way. The biggest lie is that we have ever been collectively taught is that we need to fear and worship. When we are a baby, we are in our mother's womb. The mother being the supreme being is aware of the baby. However, the baby is not aware of the mother from its vantage point. It's the same thing with us, with God. We're each a piece of God unaware of the whole because we're literally in the middle of it right now. Okay. When we give up our ghost and we move on to learn new lessons, that's when you become aware of it. Now, Moses goes up to get the 10 commandments. And when he comes down, he sees them worshiping a golden calf. So what's more likely? The Jews got run out of Egypt. They couldn't even let the bread rise, which is why we have matzah to this day. They rushed to the desert with just the clothes on their back, but happened to carry enough gold between all of them, found welding equipment in the desert and built a giant statue. Or this is just a metaphor. The sun is the gold and the calf is the bull or Taurus. They were worshiping the sun in Taurus, whether they are, whereas they are the Jews or the people in Aries. Okay. So he breaks the commandments, becoming the first lawbreaker, literally because he broke the law. And that's basically, that's basically what it is. They were worshiping the wrong time period. Okay. He ushered in the age of Aries with the 10 commandments. Okay. Now numbers 21, four to nine, 
the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many of the people of Israel died. So the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and you intercede with the Lord that he may remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a standard and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, look at it when it's alive. So they told him to make a staff with the snake wrapped around it. You know where you've seen that before? Yeah, the medical industry. The rod of Asclepius. Hmm which becomes the caduceus, which is the medical industry, which goes back to the Kundalini yoga. Okay. So this is multiple influences that go on in the Bible. It's not just a little thing, or you can believe that they looked upon a snake on a staff and they were healed. No, that's not what it is. These are metaphors in the year 1367 BC, well before Moses, Akhenaten established monotheism under a sun god in Egypt. Abraham, as the story goes, started the one true God belief, but that is just not true at all. It's just not. Okay. In fact, during this time period, there have been found plenty of fertility gods and goddesses dug up to current times that the Jews made. In fact, Moses is a character who's based on two Egyptians. He's based off Akhenaten and Tuthmosis is where he gets his name from. Hence Moses. Okay. The Egyptians kept pristine, meticulous records about their history, even the things that were unflattering or painted them in bad light. There is zero evidence in the Egyptian records of the Exodus, of Moses, of the plagues, of the Red Sea parting. There is zero mention in the Bible of the Pyramid of the Sphinx. So from a group of people that supposedly left uh, Egypt, right, like the Jews, it's kind of interesting that all this is fact. You can't deny this. This is fact. So simply and always has been described the path of the sun over the ecliptic as the sun dances around the way of the 12 zodiac signs. Mithra, born on December 25th, the Immaculate Conception. He is the sun god and Messiah. Twelve disciples accepted sins. Was killed then resurrected, becoming God incarnate. Cult in includes communion and baptism. Adonis, born December 25th, Greek god of fertility, a.k.a. Babylonian Tammuz, a.k.a. the Syrian savior. He was killed and buried, resurrected three days later. Okay. Dionysus, born on December 25th as a result of the Immaculate Conception, Greek god of winemaking, a.k.a. Bacchus, a.k.a. savior and liberator of mankind, naturally with communion. Osiris, born late in December to a virgin, Egyptian sun and underworld god, a.k.a. judge of the dead, a.k.a. one of the Egyptian trinity, ruled over 12 kings, betrayed, killed, buried, risen after three days. Horus, born December 25th, again December 25th as Isis as a result of the Immaculate Conception from the spirit of Osiris, God of the sun and light, one of the Egyptian trinity, embodied the res resurrection, so the God equals the sun. 25th is the day of resurrection of the sun. You'll find this common theme of born on December 25th, because remember the sun rises a degree that day for the first time in the year, okay? Then um, <clears throat> three days later, I'm sorry, um, dead for three days, because on December 21st, it's at its lowest point. It's dead. Then it's dead for three days. And it crabs sideways. You know, they mentioned this in Zeitgeist, okay? But my problem with Zeitgeist is Zeitgeist didn't go nearly as far as I do with all this stuff. There's so much more to find. Now, chapter 125, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, okay? This is where you'll find the Ten Commandments from the Jewish Bible. It's not original, Okay. This is the declaration of innocence before the gods of the tribunal. O swallower of shades who came forth from Kurnet, I have not slain people, becomes thou shalt not kill. 
Oh, doubly evil one who came forth from the Bruserite known. I have not had intercourse with a married woman. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife. O oh, he who prospers the common people, who came forth from Asiut, I have not cursed the God. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. So these are three of the Ten Commandments that are mentioned here. The rest can be found in what's known as the 42 Negative Confessions of Matt, which you will find in the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Okay? It's not original. It's not. There's nothing original about the Ten Commandments. Now, here's where it gets interesting. So I want, let me know if this makes sense to you, Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something and then we'll chat about it. The ancient Egyptians used to worship the sun in Taurus. You can see the hieroglyphs of the bull with the sun between its horns. This is just one of many, many, many examples on the left. So the Egyptians were the people of Taurus. They worshiped the bull. Then after the age of Taurus ends, the Jewish people start to come up. Okay. The Egyptian people go down in numbers and the Jewish people start to come up. They're the people of Aries. It's why they blow the ram's horn to the sky in the holidays. Okay. Then the age of Aries passes and the Jews drop in numbers. Christians are the people of Pisces. This is why they have shown the Jesus fish as shown below. This is also why Jesus is able to feed the masses with the two fish, the two fish being Pisces. Okay. Now look at this in the middle. You have this, it's called the Vesica Pisces. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's in red. Okay. It's the center of two circles. Yeah. Okay. So John 21. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Well, it's interesting too, because if you look at the Vesica Pisces and you know it's mathematical equation, it's 247 over 153. So they knew about this math. They knew about this ancient science. They encoded it all, just like they encoded everything. Just like that quote I read you before. Now it's interesting too, because we're at the age of Pisces is over. We're in the age of Aquarius right now. Yeah. So if you follow the pattern of how everything's going to go, the Christian numbers are going to go down and a new religion is going to come up. Okay. That's why people are attacking the Christians right now. That's why, um, that's why the liberals are attacking the Christians constantly. That's why the media and the news and everything, but what's happening behind the scene. We're in the age of Aquarius, right? So age of Taurus, Egyptians numbers go down when they're done. Jews, age of Aries, their numbers go down. Christians, Pisces, their number goes down. We're in the new sign of Aquarius, which is the sign of the man. Look at this. One world religion headquarters set to open next year. They're already making moves because they're ruled by this calendar. Mm -hmm. okay? The people that are elite are ruling this. They had to wait till the end of Pisces in order to open this. Okay. We don't need to do that. Genesis 32, 30. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I've seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Okay. Well, if you look at the, um, the picture on the left, okay, that's known as the eye of Horus yep. from the Egyptian times. A lot of people know this already. That's fine. On the right is a sagittal cut, which means it's cut like this and opened like this of the human brain. In the middle, that's the pineal gland. The eyebrow ridge above it is the corpus callosum. Look at how it matches for the Egyptians. The Egyptians knew this was the seed of the soul. Okay. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. Well, that just becomes Pineal. Okay. The Pineal gland, what it does is it releases a couple of things. It releases melatonin into your brain, which is when the sun goes down, how you get sleepy. Uh, it's because we've evolved that way. When the sun goes down, another reason why the sun is so important. When the sun goes down, we go to sleep. We, we don't do anything. Okay. It also releases DMT and it releases DMT twice in your life. The first time it releases DMT um, is when you are sleeping and you are in REM sleep. 
to dream. That's what it does. So it happens all the time when you're sleeping. The other time when it does is as your body is shutting down as you're dying. Okay. Your body gets flooded with DMT. It helps you pass into the next world. Okay. That's what it does. Now the pineal gland inside it has vitreous fluid that have calcium carbonate crystals. Okay. That change with pressure. It's called the piezoelectric effect. What basically that means is if I were to take the liquid out of the pineal gland and take these crystals and hit it with a hammer, colors would fly out of it. Different colors would fly out of it. Okay. Now the interior of the pineal gland has retinal tissue composed of photoreceptor cells and it's filled with vitreous fluid, just like the eyes. It's actually wired to the visual cortex. Now in certain reptiles, it has a cornea and a lens. Now here's the really interesting thing in Buddhist tradition, 49 days is the total mourning period with prayers conducted every seven days across seven weeks. In Judaism, you have something called the Omer. It's called Lagba Omer. You count 49 days during the year. Okay. So why 49? These Buddhists believe that rebirth takes place within 49 days after the death. And now with 3D sonograms, it just so happens that we've noticed that the pineal gland becomes visible on the 49th day of gestation, which is when the soul enters the body. Okay. The ancients. Okay. Now, let's start talking about things that are a little more biblically related, like, uh, oh, I don't know, like hell and like Satan and Lucifer. Let's see if we could demystify this. Hell is the flaming inferno, okay? It has religious people scared to death that they're going to burn in a lake of fire. But I have a question for you, Richard. How do we detect pain? Oh, we throw our nerve engines. How would it Exactly. Male nervous system, or the nervous system, the brain, the spinal cord, nerve endings, neurons. So let me ask you a question. That's how we detect pain. That's how we detect pleasure. When we die and we give up our ghost and we go to wherever we go, right? And we shed our brain and we shed our nerves. How are we going to sense fire? How are we going to burn? How is a soul going to burn? Yeah, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. But the most interesting thing about it is hell is actually a place on earth. Mm. it's winter okay hell is actually winter which should make it the opposite of what they've made it out to be which would make sense as well Well, that's what they do i say uh, what i say is that what they do is they invert it and they pervert it and you'll see that the idea of a fiery pit where you burn for all eternity is ridiculous when you think about it logically hell is actually winter on earth why it's cold the vegetation and beautiful flowers and plants are dead the trees shed their leaves and bear no fruit. It's freezing cold out. People tend to get sick more often. Dangerous animals, if they're not hibernating, are starving and scrounging for food. It's dangerous for humans. Now watch this. The Italian word for winter is inverno. If you just flip a letter, inferno, and pervert its meaning, you get the concept of hell. This picture is Dante Alighieri's The Divine Comedy, which is where we get all our ideas of hell from. Okay, this picture is uh, the divine comedy. Satan's in the bottom level of hell. And look at it. It's frozen. It's ice cold. He's frozen up to his waist in a frozen tundra because his wings are flapping so hard that everything that starts to thaw just freezes over immediately again. He can't get out. Okay, Dante knew hell was winter. The Bible even says it. What do they say, Richard, in the Bible? They say there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, when do you chatter your teeth? Do you do that in the cold or the heat? See, if you think about it logically, this stuff all makes sense. Hell is actually a place. <coughs> Hell is actually winter. 
<clears throat> oh, Satan and Lucifer. <clears throat> Satan doesn't exist. He's not a red devil with a tail and a pitchfork. In fact, the earliest paintings of him in the 900s, he was actually blue. Hence, uh, I know you're not in the U.S., but we have a, t a basketball team in college called the Duke Blue Devils. Okay, that's where that comes from. The Hebrew word for Satan is Hashatan, which literally translates to adversary. So in proper context, if you take it literally, two competing sports teams are Satans to one another. Lucifer, he is known as the light bringer. Genesis 1-3. And God said, let there be light. Well, how can there be light without the light bearer or the light bringer? Lucifer. Lucifer is immediately mentioned in the Bible, if not by name, but by action and purpose. Lucifer is also known as the morning star. The morning star is known as the planet Venus. The, <coughs> the reasoning is, if you go out in the morning, right before, you know when the sun starts to crack the horizon in the morning? If you look directly above it, you'll see a pinpoint of bright light. That's Lucifer. That's Venus. Every day it announces the arrival of God's only begotten son, the light of the world. Lucifer is also known to have a pentagram. That's a symbol. Now, continuing with Lucifer as Venus, if you follow Earth and Venus's orbit around the sun in a year's time, they almost connect at five points. You can the points you get the pentagram this is what it looks like so hell is not real satan and lucifer are not real they're nothing to be feared these are stories you wouldn't read beowulf you wouldn't read the odyssey and the iliad and take it literally so why are people taking the bible literally it's not it makes a lot more sense when you understand astrotheology and you go into the history of everything now this is the rudimentary phallic symbol, the original penis, so to speak. This is known as the spear. This is the rudimentary sign of the womb, the feminine, the chalice. Mm -hmm. This is the star of David. It's the joining of the two. It's a hermaphrodite, so to speak. And there is more sex magic in the Bible than you think. So this is a blueprint of King Solomon's temple. Yep. Okay. Do you see anything interesting? Do you see, do you, do you see anything interesting based on it? Because once I tell you this, you're not going to unsee it. No, go ahead. This is a view of Solomon's temple from above. It's important to note that Solomon is not a name of a person. He didn't exist. It's a combination of three words for the sun. Sol, or sun in Latin. Om, which is the sun, which is the light of the syllable Om, as advised in the Upanishads. And On was the city of light in Heliopolis or Greece. Okay, the Greek city of light on. That's why when you go into a room, you have to turn the lights on to be enlightened, to be full of light. This was created using sex magic. Watch this. Yeah, Keen and Boaz represent the testicles from this view. The porch is the base of the penis. The holy place is the shaft. The holy of holies is the head. The arc of the whole of the penis is where the DNA information Torah is stored. The storage chambers represent the female womb and the two entrances to them represent the fallopian tubes. Do you see how this is a penis entering the vagina now? Yeah, I can do now, yeah. Yeah. So that's basically how it was built upon. Okay. Now let's go into other stories because it's not just, it's not just the story of Jesus that's the son. Okay. The whole Bible is stories, metaphors about the sun and, and the 12 signs and it being killed and coming back and all that stuff. Samson and Delilah. Okay. Samson is Shimshon in Hebrew, which means little son. Whereas the root of Delilah is Lila, which means night. When you go to when you go to bed, Jews, when they go to bed, they tell their kid Lila Tov. It means 
good night or night good, uh, if you translate it literally. The story of Delilah is she cuts Samson's hair, which takes away his power, and he ends up eyes gouged out and blind. Okay, so she's the night and she took over the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the story of the sun being chased to the underworld. Okay, Horus and Set. That's why we have a sunset. So what happens is Horus walks through the sky in 12 steps, and then he's chased into the underworld for 12 steps. And then he comes back, and then he conquers the night, and then he gets, again, there's always, you know, let's go into other stories, too. How about Jonah in the body of the whale? In Hebrew, the words are Dag Gadol, which translates to great giant fish. He's in it for three days. It's the three days you see recurring in the Bible over and over again. The sun walking sideways like the crab for three days. Now, a whale, believe it or not, okay, its throat only opens to the size of a fist. Okay? So there's no way that you take this literally, that a man was swallowed by a whale for three days. Daniel and the lion's den. It's a story revolving around two signs in astrology. Daniel, the man, Aquarius. And lions, which are Leo, the lion. In the zodiac, those are opposing signs. You remember when I told you we make patterns with opposing signs and neighboring signs, right? You'd have to watch the previous video to really get it, guys. But um, I do that. What about Abraham and Sarah? Abraham's name was Abram before he was made Abraham. He becomes Abraham after the angel stops him from slaughtering his son on the mount, okay, due to God's command. Well, Abram is a combination of two words, Abba, which is father in in Hebrew, and Ram, which means Ram, father Ram, father of the people of Aries, the Jews, okay? Abram actually goes back to Brahma, and Sarai goes back to Sarah or Saraswati, which is influenced from Hinduism, because Hinduism is just as old, okay? So these stories are not literal, people. These stories are not literal. You are not to take these literal. Lot and Lot's wife in Sodom and Gomorrah. In the ancient times, people were paid with salt. It's where we get the word salary comes from, the first three letters, salt. Why? Because it preserved the meat. And when you killed a cow and didn't eat it in one day, it would go bad. Salt kept it viable for longer. There was no refrigeration back then. Salt was the highest currency aside from gold and silver. So when she turns into a pile of salt, you have to think about it like leaving Las Vegas gambling, hookers, debauchery, turning back and turning into a pile of money. That's what the metaphor of the story is literally saying is that she turned into a pile of milk, which is worthless. Now there's a town in Israel called Megiddo, which a third century church was found under another church. Basically someone slipped and put their foot through a church and uh, there was another, and he fell through it basically, or fell, his foot fell through it and they dug up this other church. Okay. It's one of the oldest churches known to man. It's from the two hundreds. Okay. In the center of the floor is the mosaic of the two fish Pisces, the age of Pisces. See, they knew this back then. They knew Jesus was the Piscean sun god. Okay, this is a church from the 200s. This is what the floor in the middle looks like. Come on. Megiddo is also the root of the word Armageddon, which is where the war on earth and the rapture is supposed to begin. Okay. The zodiac surrounds the Stufata del Babiana, the papal bath. Okay. So everybody knows about this stuff. Now, America was not founded as a Christian nation. Now, I usually get shit when, when I say this to people, but it's, it's fact. You can look this up. And the day will come when the mystical generation of Jesus by the supreme being as his father in the womb of the virgin will be classed with the fable of the generation of Minerva in the brain of Jupiter. Thomas Jefferson in a letter to John Adams. What influence, in fact, have Christian ecclesiastical establishments had on civil society? 
In many instances, they have been upholding the thrones of political tyranny. In no instance have they been sent as the guardians of the liberties of people. That's James Madison. And this one is my favorite because this was written 300 years ago. The Christian religion is a parody on the worship of the sun in which they put a man called Christ in the place of the sun and pay him the adoration originally paid to the sun. Thomas Paine knew this. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the science they're keeping from us. This is what they're, this is what they don't want us to learn. They don't want to learn our true power. They want to keep us in fear in line with religion. They want us to fear Satan and, and, and Lucifer. Okay. They want you to fear going to hell. Okay. Now, back to astrology. This is the swastika. Okay. The swastika, if you read Wikipedia, and I don't suggest reading Wikipedia, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm just using this as an example. The swastika, if you read Wikipedia, for example, talks about its origins of ancient times from ancient religions and its peaceful meaning. Again, tweak it a little and pervert the meaning and you get the modern day peace we see that will never be reclaimed as a peaceful symbol. But it goes further than that. The swastika isn't Buddhist or Hindu. It's not Babylonian or Sumerian or Syrian. It's actually astrology. This is the oldest swastika that we found. It's 17,000 years old and it's from the Ukraine. You remember how I told you about the Lascaux caves last time and how they're 17,000 years old? That seems to be the outlier right here. It seems to be that all this astrology stuff started coming about 17,000 years ago. Okay. Well, if you take the Big Dipper, okay, on the solstices and the equinox, those four points, and you surround it around Polaris, look what you get. Yeah, I remember, I've seen this before and I noticed this. It looked like this. Fascinating. Yeah. Saturn was discovered in 1610, according to Google. Well, what about the ancient Saturnalia festivals and the basis of the Abrahamic uh, Hebrew religions? This is a flat out lie. Yeah. 1700 years ago, Julian the Apostate, who was the nephew of Constantine, who united everybody in literal Christianity and ruined everything for us. Before then, before Constantine did that, Christians were known as Heliognostics. And Helios means no, uh, Greek and sun. It means sun in Greek. And uh Gnosis means to know they were sun worshippers. They were sun knowers. Mm-hmm. That's what their names were. Julian the Apostate was his nephew. He tried to bring everyone back to sun worship. 1700 years ago, he talked about how the sun was the fiery chariot that the planets dance around. So they knew about heliocentrism, 300 AD or 350 AD, I should say. Okay, they knew about that. But you go and Google and they'll plainly lie to you. Don't trust the internet, guys. You have to really do your research when you look stuff up. Okay. Now, we're talking about Saturn, right, which is known as the black sun, the black cube. I don't know why I didn't click. On the top left, it's the Jewish. This is known as the tefillin in Hebrew, okay? It's a black cube, and you wrap it around your hand seven times, okay? This is the black cube in Mecca. This is the Kaaba. This is the black cube that you wear when you graduate, This is the Nintendo GameCube. It's a black cube. This is the Sega Saturn. It's literally called the Saturn, and it's a Mm -hmm. black cube. This is the black robe of the the, uh, court priests, or as you call them, judges, because uh, it's all ecclesiastical, okay? The earring, okay? Saturn, okay? Women get their ear pierced because they were told to listen to their God. The wedding ring. Men wore wedding rings because they were told to pledge their fidelity in front of their God. The ancient God was Saturn. 
It was known as the second sun back then. And it was a hell of a lot closer to us than it was now. You could actually see it. It wasn't discovered in 1610 by Galileo. It wasn't. We know this because we know that the ancient religions are based on Saturnalia worship. They're based on Saturn. We, <coughs> we know this stuff. There's a, there's a connection there, is there not, to purple and the, the mist there, and the purple rain and Prince and something to do with the fact that Saturn was quite you know, I've been meaning to I've been meaning to look into Prince because I know he was very deep and esoteric and I'm pretty sure he was murdered. I was pretty um, sure he was murdered, yeah. That's why. I'm pretty sure he was murdered. Um, absolutely. I, I, I have to look into that, to be honest with you. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to show you how astrology is used against us, okay? So you guys have a wealth of information that I've given you so far, right? Let's 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 show you how to do this. So let me ask you a question. What day do you kill John Kennedy? You know what? Off the top of my head, I don't know that. That's terrible. Isn't November it? 22nd, the handover date from Scorpio to Sagittarius. Okay. Scorpio being the betrayer, he was betrayed and dies in Sagittarius because the sun dies December 21st. Why is January 1st New Year's Day? Neil deGrasse Tyson has gone on record saying that nothing special happens on January 1st and December 31st. He's wrong, and I've tried to call him out on it. And I would love if your audience could go on Twitter and tag both of us and just share this and, and, and just bombard him with this. Um, something interesting happens. It's our new year in the world because at midnight on December 31st, if you look all the way up at the sky as high as you can when you go outside, you can see the North. It's actually not the North Star. I wrote that in by accident. It's actually Sirius, the dog star. I have to correct that. You see Sirius, our dog star. Follow it straight down, Earth. Follow it straight down. You have the sun. It's a perfect alignment. It's the highest that Sirius goes. Otherwise, we should have New Year's in Aries, March 21st, when Passover and Easter happens, or September 21st, around when the Jews have the New Year's or the solstices. Why do they always crash the stock market in Libra, Richard? The Panic of 1907, October 1907. The Wall Street Crash of 1929, October 24th, 1929. Handover date to Scorpio. Still has energy from Libra. Black Monday, October 19th, 1987. Friday the 14th, mini crash, October 13th, 1989. The stock market downturn of 2002, October 9th, 2002. 10% in most of the world's indices drop October 24th, 2008. That's the handover date to Scorpio. Do you know why? And I've been on record since March saying there's going to be a stock market crash in Libra again this year. So, Put that in your calendar. <laughs> you know why? Why Libra? It's the judge, remember? It's the mm -hmm. judgment. We're being judged. Okay? They all follow this ancient science, okay? It is impossible to have stock market crashes. How many of them are there here? Six? Mm -hmm. Six of the major stock market crashes all within the same month and no one recognizes it? Now, the largest daily point gains are all in Aries. When the year starts, when the sun rises, it goes over the equator, Passover. Roman Catholic Catechism 2116. All forms of divination are to be rejected, recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead, or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future. Consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretations of omens and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums, all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and love and fear to, that we owe to God alone. But wait, 
It is suggested that the Prophet Muhammad, this is Abu Dawood, stated, whoever seeks knowledge from the stars is seeking one of the branches of witchcraft, that is, which is inherently forbidden in Islam. Now, I've broken down the book of uh, the, the Quran as a uh, astrotheological book. My question is this, Richard, why is the Catholic Church and Islam both telling you that astrology is evil when the whole book is basically encoded astrology? I've had many uh, Orthodox Christians said exactly the same thing. Um, coming out and saying it's evil and it's, it's all of this stuff. Just anyone who looks elsewhere for any information, astrology, um, especially, so that they're all, I have it quite a lot of people saying these things. And even Gnosticism, people people saying that if you look into Gnosticism, a lot of Christians, a lot of Orthodox Christians saying exactly the same thing, that all this is evil. Um, and it's, it's yeah, the same it's thing. Evil right? It's evil. I've been called the Antichrist. I've been called a million names. But let me show you some more stuff about how it's encoded in pop culture, okay? How astrology is not only in the Bible, it's not only in all these texts, but it's also in, it's also in uh, society. Now, are you, feel, are you familiar with our, w, with our NBA? Um, not so much. I mean, I know a bit, a little bit, but... I just want you to be familiar with it. Okay, there's a team called the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix Suns. Phoenix is the story of Christ, the sun, a flaming form of life that dies and rises from his ashes. Jesus was the sun who died for three days and came back to life. So the Phoenix is the story of Jesus. The sun is the story of Jesus. That's why they're called the Phoenix Suns. What about the woman's Phoenix team? What would you call them? The Phoenix Mercury. Mercury is the ruling planet of Virgo, the only woman sign. So how else are things encoded into everyday arts and entertainment? Are you familiar with a movie called Face Off? With John Travolta yeah. and Nicholas Cage. Yeah, years ago, yeah. It was a long, early 90s, I would have thought, but yeah. Watch this. 1990s movie Face-Off starring Nicholas Cage and John Travolta. Well, what are their characters' names? Nicholas Cage's character is Castor Troy. His brother is Pollux Troy in the movie. Those are the names of Gemini. Okay. We went over that. Yeah. Now, what about Travolta? His name is Sean Archer. And who's the archer with the bow and the arrow? That's Sagittarius. Those are opposing signs on the Zodiac. Okay, so they encoded in this. Harry Potter. There are a ton of characters in Harry Potter that are named after stars or constellations. You have Draco Malfoy, who's the dragon, Draco. Mm-hmm. Pollux Black, Sirius Black, Andromeda Black, Regulus Black, Arturus Black, Cassiopeia Black, Orion Black, Cygnus Black. Al Gol is known as the Demon Star. It's a very evil star and it's fixed in Taurus. Has a large history of evil attached to it. In Batman Begins, the one with Christian Bale, Okay, the evil character's name is Raz Al Ghul, who gets his name from Al Ghul or Al Ghul, hence the evil. Do you remember this music video from the Cranberries? Yes. Yeah, it's Zombies one, yep. 1990s song video for the Cranberries, Zombie. Here's Dolores O'Riordan, is painted gold like the sun, and her headdressing represents the rays of the sun, much like Jesus with the crown of thorns, or the picture of him with the heart with the crown of thorns outside of it. But is that it? What's the next scene? Now, remember the astrology that I told you about. It's the sun on the cross with the little Sagittarius about to shoot and kill her. Okay. That's how they encode it. That's how they encode it. This is, this is the scene of the sun dying and nobody knows. Nobody sees it this way. Do they, Mika, do they encode this purely to signal for each other or do they believe that by, by encoding this and, and constructing their, their art or whatever you want to call it, entertainment around these, astro-theological um, structure or laws that it somehow infuses some power into their work? It's a combination. It... It's a combination okay. of both. It's a combination of both. 
the most important thing you have to understand, Richard, is that they prey on your ignorance to not know this. They prey on your ignorance to not know this. It would not be beneficial for them if we all knew this. Okay, that we are still ruled by what sign we're in. That we're still ruled by the stars and everything. Look at this. Katy Perry, Dark Horse video. Here we see the Eye of Horus. Yeah. She's the penal land. Modern day things revolving around astrology. Mermaids. Stories of mermaids. It's a combination of the man sign Aquarius or the woman sign Virgo and the fish sign Pisces. Aquarius and Pisces are connecting signs. Virgo and Pisces are opposing signs in the Zodiac. Bull fighting, bull riding. Aquarius the man and Taurus the bull. Jousting is two times Sagittarius going at each other. Lion taming. Aquarius the man and Leo the lion. Those are opposing signs. Fishing. Aquarius the man and Pisces the fish. They are connecting signs. Virgo the woman and Pisces the fish. They are opposing signs. It's as above, so below. We get all our marching orders from the heavens. And... Nobody gets to know about it. That's the problem. Nobody gets to learn about all this stuff. Okay? Now, homosexuality in the Bible. Everyone knows about Leviticus 18.22. However, is it what was really said there? The Greek word arsenokotai shows up in two different versions of the Bible in Greek, but was not translated to mean homosexual until 1946. In the 1800s, the German Bible said man shall not lie with young boys as he does with a woman, for it is an abomination. Leviticus 18.22. Same with Leviticus 20.13, young boys. Mm. 1 Corinthians, the word arsenokotai. It's important to mention that the Bible was written in Hebrew, yes. But everyone knew at the time that if you were an intellect, you wrote and you read in Greek. Okay? 1 Corinthians becomes boy molesters will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you'd read it in, in the original Greek. Okay, and it wasn't talking about homosexuality. If you were to grab Martin Luther's original German translation from 1534, they used the word Nabin Chander. Nabin is a boy and Chander is molester. And I've physically seen this. The first time homosexual appears in German translation is 1983. Now, lest you think that I haven't done my work, these are all the books that I've decoded. Okay, so if I end up doing a series with you, we can do all of these. Okay. The book of Matthew, we did that together. The book of Revelation, we touched on that. The book of Enoch, Jubilees. Now the gospel of Thomas, Mary Magdalene. No, I'm sorry. The gospel of Thomas. Gospel of Mary Magdalene, Melchizedek, Philip, Judas. Those all, I, I all did as one presentation. The secret gospel of John, the book of Psalms, the gospel of Q, the book of Mormon, the gospel of the Lord, according to Marcion de Sinope. Now these are not biblically related. Okay, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth is astrotheologically based. Well, it's astrotheologically based and quantum physics based. Okay, the Enuma Elish, that's Babylonian. The Epic of Gilgamesh, that's Sumerian. The Code of Hammurabi, the Quran, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. All these have been decoded with astrotheology using that code that I gave you on top. Okay, now you're familiar. I'll give you an example of. Uh, of the Quran. Are you familiar with the 72, 72 virgins that they all do it for? Um, slightly familiar. is probably strong, but yeah, I, all, I know the, all the terrorists say they're going to get 72 virgins. If they, if they die a martyr. Mm -hmm. Okay. Would you be surprised to know that's astrology too? Not at all. No, no. So what's the 72? 72. There's a star called 70 virginis, which borders Virgo. That's 70. 
there's one virgin, which is Virgo, that's 71, plus the virgin you marry on earth and have a family with 72. Those are your 72 virgins. It's just astrology. You're not going to get 72 virgins in heaven. And I do go into the Quran quite a bit too. Now, I also have a book series. Um, if you guys are interested in this kind of stuff that you guys can get. Now, I do sell signed copies, but if a lot of you guys are in the UK, you can also get it on Amazon or you can get it through me if you don't like Amazon, which is fine. I talk about gematria, etymology, numerology, astronomy, astrology, astrotheology, out-of-body experiences, the Akashic records, symbology, remote viewings, religious secrets, capstones of the pyramids, mystery school channelers, near-death experiences, DMT monitoring, lucid dreaming, acoustic levitation, physics and quantum physics, psychotherapy, psychology, spiritual guides and shared dreaming, crystal technology, conspiracies that not many people know about corruption and secret societies. This is my book series so far. I have seven out. Okay. It's called Into the Rabbit Hole series, and you will go down a bunch of rabbit holes. Okay. If you think this information is interesting, the book series, I, I implore you to get them, or at least get the first one and see if you like it. Um, I wrote it in, uh, in, in the style of uh, Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code type thrillers with cryptograms and anagrams where they discover all this information because uh, it's, I'm trying to get this out to the masses. And I have a publicist right now and I have my books with a, uh, a movie producer and a couple TV producers. So I'm trying, I'm just, it's just a waiting game. That's just all it is. Yeah. I'm trying to get it done. I have a children's book out too for six to 11 year olds that basically teach the 12 signs to them. It's A's for Aries. So it's for six to 11 year olds if you want to get them early. Okay. My point once again is not that those ancient people told literal stories and we are now smart enough to take them symbolically but that they told them symbolically and we are now dumb enough to take them literally. Now look at this. This picture of Jesus in the manger. Notice Jesus, the sun behind his head. As I always showed you, the sun is always behind his head. The star is Polaris, the North Star. Now the lambs are Aries. The camel there is Camelopardalis. The donkey is a Celis Borealis. The bull is Taurus. Okay. Mary and Joseph's clothes are alchemical. Okay, so when, when you start to, okay, you, you could think, if you think about this literally, this is a very weird picture, okay? Would you give birth or would you let your wife give birth with all these crazy animals around? No, it's just, they're talking about the stars. It's just a metaphor, okay? And that's the second half of my presentation. So what did you, uh, what do you think? It's incredible. All of this stuff is, is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And then you start to look at things completely different. Um, I wanted to ask you before you go, um, just to expand on that. You talked earlier about one of the most fascinating parts of it was talking about this new one world religion. What do you see that being? Uh, we right. move into okay. the age so, of Aquarius. What is this Aquarius religion that they, they seem to right. be building in front of us? So you have the age of uh, the age of Taurus, they worship the bull. The age of Aries, they worship the ram. The age of Pisces, they worship the two fish. Um, the age of Aquarius is the sign of the man. It's going to be a couple of things. Um, the elites are going to lose their control over us. They've known this for that. You can read it in the stars. They're going to lose their control over us. That's why they're freaking out and they're trying to get all this stuff done now. Um, they're going to lose it. Um, the age of Aquarius is going to be two things. Being the sign that is the man is a symbol of the man. We're going to evolve consciously. We're going to step up a, a degree in, uh, in our, in our collective consciousness. Okay. But there's also a sinister part to it, okay? Because it's a sign of the man. It's a sign 
of bettering the man, uh, you're going to see the merging with machines. You're going to see the technocratic uh, movement. That's going to be the new religion. Because think about it, Richard. All these religions were 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 spread before we had modern technology to communicate with one another and all this. They were spread with the holy book of the time, and they were spread with uh, war, forced conversions, rape, pillage, all that stuff. Right? Has a very dark history. All of them do. The Egyptians do. The Jews do. The Christians do. The Muslims do. I know you can't. You can't. Uh, I know you can't criticize the Jews or the Muslims. You can only criticize the Christians, but I don't give a shit. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that they were all pillage. They were all pillagers. Okay. But they're not going to do that now because we have journalists. We have, we, we, we have independent journalists. We have alternative media. That's what they really hate. They really hate the alternative media. That's why they try and censor it so much. Um, but yeah, it's going to be uh, merging with machines and everybody that thinks Elon Musk is here to save us. He's not. OK, it's going to be it's going to be the idea of transferring your consciousness into a robot living forever. That's what they want to do. That's what they try and do with adrenochrome. OK, that's why you're Rockefellers. That's why you're queen. That's why all these fucking people live to be one hundred and five is because they continuously take this. You know, Mark Zuckerberg's on record talking about adrenochrome. You know, you can always tell who's on adrenochrome because when they're off it for a little while, they look like the Crypt Keeper. Have you ever seen somebody yeah. off adrenochrome? Uh, they Bill, look like Bill, Bill Clinton was one of the most obvious ones. Yep, they look like hell. Now there, now there's articles coming out saying that people are getting young young children's blood transfusion to live longer. It is what it is. But do they you not, think those no, they people, can't win. these people are on adrenochrome? Do you think they've been around? These people are people that have possibly been around a few hundred years themselves. I don't know about that. At least not people that we see in public. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, at least not people that we see in public. Uh, it is possible. It's um, disturbing, isn't it? And it, so yeah. when you talked about earlier but, about the 49 days, I think it was 49 days, I could be wrong, between being yeah. dying and being born again. Do they feel like that's right. a gap where they can grab that soul and put that soul into some technology? That's a very good question. There was a movie that came out. It wasn't it, it was kind of like a. It was a profit movie, but it had an interesting. It was called Twenty One Grams. It yes. was it's the weight of the soul when you die. Um, I don't think they can do anything to the soul. Um, I don't think they can do anything to the soul. I just think that forty nine days is the period on Earth that it, that it, that it takes for you to come back. Because remember, if you if you've provided a sufficient life here, you're not going to come back. You know, you're going to move on to another stage where you'll basically feel like you're born again and you're going to learn a whole bunch of new things. You remember quantum theory talks about 11 dimensions. We only we're only in one and we don't know anything about it. So we you know, you raise dimensions. You could do things like taking DMT to see other dimensions. And they're doing things right now where they're trying to map it out. So what they do and I talk about this in my book, one of my books they do what's called a DMT drip, where they basically just mainline it into you slowly. They just drip it slowly into you and keep you under. And then these people go there and it's like a Legend of Zelda. They just map it out. You know, so there's, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. And I try and capture all this fringe science, fringe medicine in my book series. You know, and I would just hope that everyone would read it. And uh, one, it's very enjoyable. It's, they're fun reads. The kids, my characters are young, wise asses. 
Um, but they talk about very deep things and they learn some very crazy things, you know? So, um, yeah, that's basically it. You know, I, I, I'm still working on things, you know, but, um, I can do series on, uh, on all the books that I've decoded. That's fantastic. And we will obviously put all the links below to the books. Um, and this will be on Spotify, Iconic and YouTube and BitChute. Um, just before you go, there's when last question is, when you first started to look into these things, how much have you changed as a person from the person that you were before you knew this stuff, to the person you are now? So I had a, com- I'm going to level with you. I had a complete mental breakdown and I was in a hospital for three weeks. Um, it shatters you. It completely, people go through their life. You know how you have mommy and daddy and mommy and daddy are supposed to love you and they don't lie to you and they take care of you. And then when you get older, you realize it was and all perfect um it's the same thing with this you know you're taught things your whole life you know and then when you i don't know about you but this stuff makes a lot more sense than believing the bible literally or listening to religious people's interpretations that's what really gets me is that the more i look into it and because i know the code I'm, <clears throat> I'm not keeping it to myself i'm trying i'm trying showing it people that's why i always start with the 12 signs because i want to drill it in your head I want you to know it so that you can read the Bible and you could find stuff, you know, but it drove me absolutely bananas at first until I was able to compose myself, get my composure again. And then basically I realized I had to write stories about it and I was going to write a nonfiction book, but then I realized that's just a small population. If I write fiction books, it'll reach larger, you know? That was fantastic, guys. So where can people find you and connect with you? And I can put the links below. Sure. I'm on Twitter at Real Mr. Dank, spell out Mr. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Micah Dank. I have a YouTube channel, Micah Dank. I started it about a month ago. Um, It's got all my work on there. But I would um, keep me posted. Let me know if uh, Iconic ends up wanting to do something because we could definitely uh, do something if something comes out of that. Oh, I absolutely will. Of course I will. I'll put the links below, guys. Please do leave comments because I can get these back to Mika and he can see the reaction to his work. And do go and check out all the links and obviously his book series because there's so much more to understand here. And as you say, it changes. Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to I'm not like a, a, a used car salesman with my books. I'm not trying to be like that. But. I've gotten se- I have seven books out so far. I haven't opened in a deal with my publisher. These aren't self-published. I have a publishing deal and it's open-ended. So I can write as much as I want. They'll always put it out at this point. Um, I really go into all this kind of hidden stuff and, and all those topics that I mentioned before, you're just, you're going to learn so much, you know? Well, guys, there's so much more out there to learn. So I'll put the links below. And we'll speak again soon, and I'm sure we'll work together in the future. So, and also, if you haven't seen part one, please do scroll back on Iconic, and you'll find part one out a week ago. This will be out, um, obviously Thursday um, of this week, and you'll also find it on my YouTube channel, Bitshoot channel, and um, on Spotify as well. You'll be able to listen to this as a podcast. So, please share this information and collect with Mika. Take care, guys. And we'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. Your call is important. Arrive at your destination. Connecting.